0: This is going to be different, unique, and we do this not so that uh, you uh, make sure that you're awake uh, because the format's different, but there is a very specific purpose in preparing our hearts for what's happening in front of us with the revival and evangelistic work that's coming up uh, this next Sunday and all throughout next week. It is upon us really to get our hearts right and prepared uh, for what the Lord can do. And so I'm not really preaching a sermon this morning. In fact, you will be preaching a sermon this morning uh, to yourself, and uh, we're going to guide you in that. And uh, really, this is kind of following after several passages that uh, I wish to read to you. In fact, uh, David wrote in Psalm 139. He made a prayer, and and this is kind of our prayer this morning. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. And so that is our prayer this morning is that the Lord would search our hearts that uh, we may get our lives right with Him. And so there's other verses that kind of speak to the importance of humbling ourselves and seeking God. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land." Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God, Joel chapter 2, verse 12-14. through 14. And so we're going to set aside this morning for us to seek God. It's going to be a time of prayer, a time of song, a time of reflecting. But the encouraging thing is, and, and what's going to be brought out here by the Handbell Choir, is that before we ever sought God, God sought us. And it's revealed, especially as we consider uh, the Lord's Table, the Communion, Uh, that we'll be participating at the end. And so as we do this time, or listen to this uh, time that the handbell brings to us, let's ask God to search our hearts. And as the handbell brings us into the uh, spirit of prayer, we're going to continue right on with that. As soon as they finish, we'll continue with prayer and scripture.
1: And as they were eating, he took bread and blessed it and broke it. And he gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take, drink, this is my blood of the new covenant. Drink this cup poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Truly I say to you, I shall not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in the kingdom of God. Take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood, which is poured out for you, for the remission of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Eat this bread, drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me.
0: I will be reading to you various scripture passages. And after reading them, I'm going to ask you some very difficult questions. It is best that as I read these things and ask you these questions, that you do so the spirit of uh, prayer and asking God to speak to your heart. So I'm going to ask that in the most of this time that you go ahead and do this with the, your eyes closed. This is a really a, a prayer service. So allow me to read some passages that speak first about your thoughts, about your heart. Psalm nineteen tells us that, or asks us to have the meditations of our heart be acceptable. Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So let us consider what occupies our minds and our attitude. First, it is important to know in your mind and your heart that you follow Jesus Christ, that you're saved. John 17, verse 3 says, This is eternal life that you may they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Simply first, are you certain of your own salvation? Second, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Matthew 5, verse 28. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. James 4, 3. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9. Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Hebrews twelve fourteen tells us to pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. First 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble hearing these passages let me ask you these questions are you certain of your own salvation are you often filled with unclean thoughts are you plagued with fearful or angry thoughts Do lustful, unclean thoughts frequently occupy your mind? Do you watch programs or movies or view internet sites that stimulate improper thoughts and feelings? Do you often have thoughts you would be ashamed for others to know? Do you have wondering eyes? If we are to love the Lord our God with our heart and soul and with all our mind, then Christ is to be our true passion. Our mind will be filled with thoughts of worshiping him. Do you honestly get more excited about work, sports or recreation than about God's kingdom? James says that we ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that we may spend it on your pleasures. Are you guilty of seeking God more for what he can do for you than out of genuine love for him? Jesus condemned those who draw near with their mouth honor with their lips but have a heart that's far from the Lord do you frequently sing the worship hymns without deeply reflecting on the words do you listen to sermons with little thought of immediate obedience to God's instructions insincere ritualistic worship is one of the most serious sins a believer can commit do you need to confess a shallow reverence and worship of God. We're to pursue peace with all people and holiness. If you're not focused on continually deepening your life of prayer, Bible study, then we're not pursuing holiness. We're seeking God's holiness is a daily action, not a theological theory. Revelation chapter 3, God implores to be either cold or hot, But do not be lukewarm. It's clear that God desires a fervent and passionate love for his children. In fact, the attitude of lukewarmness literally nauseates God. We must understand that the root of all sin is a lack of fervent love for Jesus. The very root of sin is the love and worship of self over God. Can you truly categorize your love and service to God as passionate? Was there a time you loved and served God more fervently than now? Only the Holy Spirit can grant you a pure, burning love for Jesus. And God resists the problem and gives grace to the humble. Do you think you're quite spiritual? Do you often criticize and judge others? Are you frequently trying to set others straight? Are you truly broken and contrite of your shortcomings? Or do you think, oh well no one is perfect remember God sees your heart knows your thoughts he wants a heart and mind of worship
2: And I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth, that will bless your heart, I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what
0: our heart and thoughts, will be our speech as a real reflection of what we're thinking about. So consider the words that we speak. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of in the day of judgment. So let us go ahead and do that now. Ephesians 4:29 says let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians 5:4 neither filthiness nor foolish talking not jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks. Colossians 3:9 Lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10 Let us not murmur and complain as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. First Timothy five seventeen. let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double ardor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 10, now I beseech you, brother, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that you will all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. Considering these verses that we read, if you will just think and reflect on these questions that I'll ask you. Do you ever lie? Do you exaggerate to make yourself look better? Are you careful to follow through with promises, vows, and commitments you make to God and to others? You frequently fall short in the things you said you would do. So, this reveals an integrity problem. God hates lying and inconsistency. Do you often gripe and complain about situations in your life? Do you fail to give thanks in all things and at all times? Do you make excuses for your grumbling by saying, you've got good reason to complain? Are you always looking on the dark side of things? Do you trust God for supernatural joy? Or do you give in to the murmurings and complainings? you tend to be irritable, cranky, Quick to raise your voice does your speech reflect an underlying anger and impatience with those around you are you guilty of any form of gossip or slander of others you speak of evil behind people behind their back these things that we speak will be judged by the lord and they reflect not just misspoken words Reveal the intentions and thoughts of our heart. The Lord who judges is the same Lord who forgives. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. heart, to our tongue, to the things that we do with our hands and our feet, sins of commission. This is the any act of breaking God's law or doing something that God forbids. Ephesians 5 verse 5 says, for this you know that who know whoremongers or unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 and 3. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathers by labor shall increase. Romans 14, verse 23. He that doubts is damned if he eats, because he eats not of faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Consider these questions as they reflect from this scripture. Have you committed any form of sexual immorality, uncleanness, or perversion? Do you ever watch TV or movies that feature immorality and violence? You make excuses by saying there's nothing else to watch. Do you dress in ways designed to incite lust, And the opposite sex. Knowing that our bodies. Are the temple of the Lord. Have you abused your body. Through any form of immorality. Or excess. Do you sin against God's temple. By harmful habits such as alcohol. Smoking. Or overeating. Knowing that God desires first place. And not to be divided with any other. Have you transgressed God's first commandment by placing other things ahead of God? Have other things or people crowded out your worship and service to God? Do you worship and serve God only if everything else is done first? Has your work and financial gain actually become your God? Do you spend far more time on the internet or watching TV than you would in Bible or in the prayer? Have you placed your family ahead of God? Does recreation or some hobby take precedence over worship to the Lord? Perhaps the recreational hobby of a child over your worship to the Lord? Knowing that you cannot serve God and money, one must take precedence. Do you tithe? You give of the Lord. Refuse to tithe? Worship by offering is to place money and things ahead of God. It's disturbing to think that many think nothing of giving 15% to a restaurant waiter. Yet find 10% too much for the giver of all life. Knowing that we are to act out of faith and whatsoever is not of faith is sin. We're not to be involved in activities that our conscience condemns us of. If you're not involved, or if you're involved in something about which you have a nagging lack of peace, you're in sin about this. Frequently, we rationalize and labor to convince ourselves that something is all right with God. Yet if you don't have peace deep down in your heart, you know you don't. You're ignoring God's still small voice, and you cannot walk in the fullness of God's spirit. And when you resist God's spirit, You're enthroning yourself and you're operating out of your own strength instead of God's. the sins of commission that we do by our acts, then there are sins of omission, things that God has told us to do, and by our own willful choice we disobey. James 4.17 says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So I will read a few scripture passages that make very clear what we are to do. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I in the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and in Samaria. And to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says. And you shall seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart. James 5.16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man holding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. Based on these passages, consider these questions. Since Jesus told us to abide in him, Surely this means that we are to be consulting his word as he tells us that the word is to abide in us and to spend significant time in prayer. It's hard to define abiding in me apart from reading the word of God and prayer. Do you do this? Acts eight, he tells us to be witnesses into the uttermost parts of the earth. If we fail to consistently witness we become responsible for the lost condition of those around us it's not enough to say I witness by my life neither is it sufficient to say it's not my gift By making such a statement you're saying that you're not willing to endure even a slight discomfort in order to tell others about Jesus do you have a prayer list people who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior perhaps folks that you're encountering in your daily life store clerks co-workers, classmates, neighbors do you pray for them on a regular basis scripture says to seek him find him when you search for him with all your heart the effected, fervent prayer of righteous man avails much. So are you fervently seeking God for more of His daily presence and power? If you failed to embrace God, do you resist any type of prayer that might cost you something? If you will seek God with all your heart, you'll find Him in ways you could never even imagine. Are we just hearers of the word and not doers of the word? Do you often sense God speaking, yet you tend to delay in your obedience? You don't actually tell God no, but you put off your obedience. You make the mistake of thinking that considering obedience is the same thing as obedience. It's vital that you confess your sins of partial and delayed obedience. Ask Christ to fill you with the genuine spirit of repentance. We cannot work up true repentance. It is something that God gives for those of us who ask for repentant hearts. That indeed our life could be as a prayer offered up to God in every part of life that we go in. Let us pray. God, make our life a prayer to you. so, Lord, we do want our life to be a prayer to you. Lord, as we read in your word, it's not enough for us to live in a cave somewhere. We are express our prayer before a living community. We are those who engage this community, this world, and try to present, by your help, your strength, a picture of who you are, Lord. And so, Lord, bring our mind, our heart, to our relationships, how we deal with one another. So if you will consider with us these scriptures. Matthew 5, verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and therefore remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 For if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses Matthew 18:35 so my heavenly father also will do to you if you each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. We're not to be those who forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhort one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, 25. Husbands is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. First Peter three seven. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the weaker vessel. Ephesians six four. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians five verse 24, 33, Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything, and the wife see that she reverences her husband. 1 Peter 3.3 Whose adorning let it not be that outward adornment of plaiting the hair, of wearing of gold, or of putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Matthew eighteen six But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believeth in me, it were better for them that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Ephesians chapter six, verse one and three. Children obey your parents, the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on this earth. I want to ask some questions concerning these passages. As we do so in prayer, I'm going to ask that you stand. Reason being, is that anywhere in this point in time, you may sense the Lord speaking to your heart. That it is not enough for you to just confess these things. You must make them right. And it may be that there is someone here in this room or in this building that you know has grievance against you. As the scripture tells us, it is right. It is good for us to refuse any further worship and go and make it right with that person. And so I ask that you stand to make easier your exit and entrance. Perhaps it may be with your spouse sitting next to you that you need to talk to. Can you think of people you may have hurt or offended in some manner? This is a time to make it right. God reveals people you've heard or slighted resolve to go to them and ask their forgiveness. Misunderstand understand that so-called little rifts between Christians can easily quench God's spirit for the entire church. Are you bitter? Are holding grudges against people who have offended you? This is not fitting for those of us who are to forgive others. We must forgive people from the heart as God forgives us from his heart do not harbor bitterness are you involved in any improper relationships can be defined as anything from adultery and fornication to simply being inappropriately close to someone outside of marriage husbands and wives may be sharing things with others that they should only be sharing with their mate Perhaps a spouse may be too emotionally close to a female friend or workmate. A wife may be too emotionally involved with a male friend or workmate. Spouses may spend too much time with friends to the neglect of their marriage partner. Parents can be too involved in the lives of their married children or married children too dependent on their parents. You may be involved with someone while you say we're just friends. You know it's become more than friendship. Do not try to rationalize or defend a relationship you know is improper. Improper relationships involve many things besides physical immorality. Do you neglect regular fellowship and meaningful service through your church? Hebrews 10 tells us that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Believers, we're not to be lone rangers and isolationists. We're not to be those who come and receive blessings and then go home without any real fellowship or closeness with other believers. Some others seek a church that will bless them without asking how they can serve or give in return. Understand, it's not what the church can do for you, but what you can do for a church, for the Lord. It is a major sin not to be involved in consistent giving and service through a local body of believers do not be permanent visitors that avoid personal responsibility and spiritual service for the good of Christ's church are you a spectator rather than a participant in God's work do you consistently receive but seldom give embrace the Lord's church and go to work husbands and fathers is your family relationship consistent with God's word are you literally sacrificing yourself to meet the needs of your wife sacrificing for her physical, emotional and spiritual needs being caring and sensitive to them and as a father is commanded that we relate to our children loving and spiritual guidance, not of anger or wrath discipline is to be done with consistency and love, not of frustration or anger For the wives? We also must ask these same questions. Does our relationship reflect God's word? Do you treat your husband with dishonor and disrespect? Do you often point out his weaknesses and faults? Do you patiently forgive and treat him kindly in spite of his shortcomings? Do you ignore his needs and his desires? Do you spend as much attention on your spiritual well-being as you do your physical appearance? For us as parents, do we model excitement and joy about worshiping God? Do we consistently express love for Christ's Church, or do we have a negative, complaining attitude? Do we model purity by the things you talk about? Have we demonstrated holiness by the things we watch or read? Do we consistently communicate God's standard concerning marriage and sex to our children? Parents, do we model honesty and respect for others? Perhaps we need to ask forgiveness of our children, even if they're older or younger. And children, teenagers, do you disobey your parents? Do you often ignore their guidance? Have you treated with parents with disrespect or anger? cannot be right with God if you consistently disrespect your parents and we as adult children we gotta ask ourselves are we honoring our elderly parents do we neglect to call them and visit them do we neglect them emotionally financially do we honor them with our heart perhaps there's someone you need to talk to at this time this is the time to do it. that perhaps the very best way to approach the communion is doing exactly as we did understanding why it is that Jesus gave his body, why it is he shed his blood. You see the fact of the matter is God knew you while you are still a sinner and Romans 5.8 says that knowing you in our sinful state he sent his son to die for you that is the love of Christ You know what? Nothing's changed concerning God. He cannot love you any less. He will not love you anymore. He knows you as you are. And he extends forgiveness. That's part of what the communion is about. It's instituting a new covenant. One of forgiveness. One of his spirit. That resides within us now. And so I think it is good and right for us to consider what Jesus has done. We do not have to go out of here wondering and fear, thinking, what is God going to do with our sin? (laughs) We come out of here walking with joy, knowing what God has done with our sin, and that the wrath of God for our sin has been satisfied through Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And the Lord's Supper proclaims that once again, his death. So I'm going to ask our deacons to come forward as I read some scripture pertaining to this. Until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthily manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I'm going to ask if the deacons will stand. We have a precious thing in front of us, and that we can obey Jesus in this way. This is for those who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who have followed him. If you have not done that, we ask that you refrain from this time. This time, Jeff, will you lead us in a prayer of blessing of the bread? Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat of it. In the same manner also, he took the cup and said, this is my blood, which is said for you. Drink of it. And So, Greg, if you will stand and lead us in a blessing. and Deacons as well. Stand blessing over the cup. Jesus said, This is my blood which is shed for you. All of you drink it. Jesus said that as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Praise God. Because when I see my sin, I know somebody's got to pay the punishment. And I gladly take the cup. I gladly take the body that Jesus gives me. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for providing a death that could satisfy a holy wrath on my sin. And then scripture says, until he comes. The idea is, this is not the last time Jesus will be here. In fact, he said, I will not drink of this cup again until we're together in the kingdom of heaven. And so we leave the cup out, the Lord's cup a symbolic of, of an anticipation of looking forward to a time when we can do this with the Lord in person. And that is our desire as well. Scripture says that at that first communion that they sang a hymn and departed, we're going to do something similar. Uh, but you know this is also a time for us to respond. We are we're sending out an invitation to you. Perhaps maybe there is more that you need to do in dealing with the Lord. Perhaps you need to come to the altar. Or there's someone you need to talk to next to you or nearby. Or perhaps maybe the Lord's put on your heart, you know, I'm not yet a member of a church. And the Lord's put at that in your desire, in your heart, to be a part of this church. I invite you to respond at this time as well and to make known your attentions. And so let us stand as we sing together, giving you opportunity to do